As we're winding down the end of the 2022 solar year and preparing to enter a new solar year on March 20th, there's a definite feeling of endings in the air. Are you feeling it? This equinox is particularly important because it's followed by a very rare Alpha Omega portal in Aries that has only happened three times in the last thousand years. If you are chomping at the bit for some fresh energy, a fresh start, and new beginnings that are really new, you're in luck because we're having a clear out right now as we get ready for a spectacular new year. This week is the final week of our 2022 solar year, and it's also a time when many people do a spring clean in time for the first day of spring on March 20th. We can do an energetic spring clean too, as our energetic focus and fulfillment are pointing us in different directions now. The old ways of self-sacrifice doing for others is being replaced by self-awareness, self-service, and joy. This is going to have a big impact on how we interact with others, especially the people we try to help and who take advantage of our good intentions. If your feathers are ruffled by the people who are not treating you respectfully, it's time for a showdown and a reconsideration of who you are allowing into your life and what you do for others. It's a good thing, though, as we take our stand at the This Is Not Okay Corral. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. Everyone seems to be getting lessons in dealing with people who seem to not only disregard their needs, but who do the exact opposite, and often deliberately. What do you do with someone who appears to deliberately oppose your wishes, stand in your way, and block your efforts? Their behavior is not okay, and they force you into a corner. Do you come out fighting or walk away? And how do you decide what's not okay and what to do after that? Anytime we're faced with a situation where someone is not giving us what we want, the answer to all of our questions lies within us. That inner person, our inner self, has so much wonderful, enlightening information for us that we can understand once we move from our this is not okay position and get into the real reason for this situation. Sure, their behavior may be wrong, but why do we choose that experience with them and what do we have to learn from it? I have found in many years of giving spiritual advice and guidance that our lessons in power are always presented in ways that make us feel powerless. 
what we do in that moment determines whether our next step is reconnecting to our power or holding our ground and demanding that the other person do what we want them to do. While we'd like to have a more moderate outcome, where we get our needs met and the other person sees the value in that, it isn't always possible. And the longer we stay in that situation, the more challenging it is for us. Our showdown then becomes a standoff. Then we are standing still, further entrenched in our demands and blind to any other outcome. While we may think that the other person is just being stubborn, they're giving us valuable information. And the first question we can ask is, why are we making that particular demand of them? And there is part of our answer because we generally choose the person who will not or cannot give us what we want. Remember the lessons in power. Here's an example. A client of mine had been abandoned by her mother at an early age, and she was raised by her kind and loving father. All of her life, she wanted to reconnect with her mother and give her an opportunity to be the mother she wanted her to be and thought she could be or thought she should be because, after all, she was her mother, and that's how mothers acted. She thought, my client, that if she opened her heart, her mother would apologize for leaving her and give her the love she wanted. So she pursued her mother, who continued to disappoint her with her behavior. No matter what my client did, she never got what she wanted from the mother. And the mother took advantage of her daughter's kindness and generosity and her desire to be loved and used them to manipulate her. When the mother became seriously ill and was dying, she turned to her daughter for comfort and support, which she willingly gave, becoming her full-time caregiver for two years, thinking this would be the time to reconnect. But that didn't happen, and the mother died. Now, the daughter still grieves her mother and her inability to reconnect with her. She doesn't see anything wrong with how she was taken advantage of by her mother and, moreover, regrets that she couldn't do more for her, thinking that would have made a difference. But the really destructive part of this story is that even though she was raised by a loving father, now has a loving family and a happy home life, she spends time every day feeling that she did not have enough time with her mother because if she did, she could have changed her and gotten the love she wanted. When we got to the core of this issue, which was for her to learn to value herself, she had to acknowledge that she was asking something of her mother that she would never have received from her. Her mother did not have the ability to give her what she wanted and was never going to do that, even though the behavior was not okay. My client's lesson in power was to acknowledge that her mother chose her actions in spite of her daughter, not because of her, and that nothing she did was ever going to change that. What was her lesson in this? It was to accept that, to acknowledge it, and to let it go and to move on. But by grieving this situation, she was ignoring the wonderful things that she had in her life, which included everything she had always wanted, a loving husband, beautiful children, a nice home, many friends, and the support of her community. Were they less valuable to her because they hadn't come from her mother? Was she so firmly grounded in her standoff position that just because her mother did not give her what she wanted, she couldn't see any of her life blessings as valuable? And when I asked her, does it really matter where it comes from? She realized she had discounted all the good in her life because it didn't start with her mother. 
Why do people not respect our time and energy and do what we think is the right thing? Well, partly because what we think is the right thing is not right for them. Or maybe the situation benefits them and they want it to continue. Maybe they're taking advantage of us for their own reasons, but that's what they do. Remember, acceptance is a big lesson here. I've shared the story of my neighbor who asked me for a ride to work one day when her car wasn't working. And that turned into several months of me taking her to work and picking her up every day. I thought she was going to stop. But getting a ride with me was the perfect solution for her, and she thought it was okay for me to be her unpaid chauffeur. Now, my children didn't like it because she always sat in the front seat, which meant they didn't get their turn, even though it was only a few blocks to their school. Eventually, I had to tell her that she was going to have to find another solution. I wasn't comfortable telling her because I frankly thought I shouldn't have to. But it was obvious that she wasn't getting the hint that she needed to drive herself to work and not just count on me. Here's how the story began. I lived in a beautiful townhouse complex and the neighbor right next door to me came over one day and we had talked briefly. I kind of knew her. She had her son and daughter live with her. They were both adults. And she came over and said that her car wouldn't work. And would I mind like driving her to the bus stop because she was running late. So I asked her where she worked and it turns out she worked a few maybe half a mile from where I did. I said, look, I'm going that direction. Today I'll drop you off because I know you're in a hurry and then you can make other plans. So of course she gets in the car. My children are like not very happy because they often sit in the back seat and it was standard procedure that everyone got their turn riding in the front seat as we drove the couple of blocks to their school. I always drop them off in the morning. So I also picked her up that night because she didn't have a car. So the next day, she comes over and she says, look, could I ride with you for the rest of the week? This was a, the first day had been Monday. This was now Tuesday. She said, well, can I ride with you for the rest of the week until we get this car situation straightened out and my car gets fixed? And I said, no, okay, fine. It was a little bit out of my way, but it wasn't too bad, even living in Houston, which is where I lived at the time. I dropped her off at work, picked her up at night, drove her home. And again, my children didn't get to ride in the front seat. By Friday, they were asking me, mom, are we going to you know, have to take her to work every day? And I said, well, not for very much longer. Well, every week there was another excuse why her car wasn't being fixed. Now, she's not paying me. I'm driving her to work. I'm picking her up. She's loving it. She doesn't have to drive. She gets in the car. The car's gassed up. It runs. Everything is great. This went on for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight weeks. Now, I would have, after the first few days, made other arrangements. I would have rented a car. I would have found somebody to drive me. I would have gotten my car fixed. I would have not imposed on someone in this way. I considered it, by the eighth week, an enormous imposition. Of course, I don't run a taxi service. And she was seriously interfering with the morning routine in my household when I drove my children to school. It was only a few minutes. It was like 10 minutes, but it was our time. We talked about things. I got them ready for their day. And it was my little time with them. And we always had a good time. And it was very quiet in the car when she was there because part of the time she was talking, but also my children were annoyed because she was sitting in the front seat and they didn't get their turn. Finally, after the second month, I said to her, look, it was on a Friday. I said, this is enough. I cannot take you to work every day. I am not your taxi service. 
you had plenty of time to get your car fixed. I don't know why you haven't, but there's no more rides to work. Starting Monday, you're on your own. I'm getting back to my normal routine. And that's that. Well, she was very angry. Now, here's my thought process in the this whole thing. After the first few days, as I said, I would have made other arrangements. I would not have counted on someone and what I considered imposed on them to take me to work. It's not their responsibility. It's my responsibility to figure out my own transportation. And I expected her to do the right thing and tell me after the first few days, hey, thank you. This has been really nice. I've got this covered. But she didn't. She was manipulating me. She was counting on the fact that I, I knew they had one car they were kind of strapped financially, although her children didn't work, which they were adults, and that could have been an enormous problem, too. I thought her children should have been working and at least contributing to the household expenses. But her problems weren't my problem, but I was allowing them to become decision factors in my decision because I was feeling sorry for her, and she was taking advantage of that. So after the eighth week, which was plenty long enough, I just told her, look, on Monday, no more. I'm just not bringing you to work anymore. Don't come over here. We have our own routine. I'm getting back to our routine. You need to find your own way to work. And she did. And I don't know what happened. She wasn't very happy with me after that. Her behavior was not okay, except she put me in this difficult situation of having to face her and to do what I thought was her responsibility. And that was make it clear to her that she needed to find her own way. She needed to do whatever she needed to do to find her own way to work. It wasn't my responsibility to be her ride to work. I never agreed to that. Plus, as I said, it wasn't a huge way out of my way, but it was out of my way. I had to drive an extra probably 10 minutes to get to her work, especially after work, and then to, to, to get back on the road to get, I had to drop her off at her building, and then I had to get back on the road. So it was an extra 10 or 15 minutes, and that was every day, twice a day. So I expected her to do the right thing, which was, hey, this is a great emergency. Emergency's over. It's time to stop. But again, she didn't do that. She had the perfect situation and she was going to take advantage of it for as long as she possibly could. Now, maybe you're like me and you're nice. You're tr you try and help people. You try and be compassionate. You don't always realize when you're being taken advantage of. And then one day it hits you. Oh, I'm being taken advantage of. Wait a minute. I need to stop this. It's disappointing when that happens to you because you're really trying to act out of people's best interest. You're really trying to be helpful. And there's a certain amount of disappointment that's associated with realizing that, oh, someone's really taking advantage of you. There comes a time then when you have to have the, the showdown with them, and that is your behavior is not okay, and this is how I'm ending it. You're on your own. When someone's behavior is not okay, and it often is not, we do one of two things. We either have a showdown where we demand they meet our needs and give them many opportunities to do that, or we have a standoff and become a victim and we make ourselves miserable so they can see how much we need their love or we sabotage ourselves because they won't meet our needs. Here we have several options to accept them as they are and decide whether we want them in our life or disconnect from them to become a victim in this story and martyr ourselves so they'll give us what we want to refuse to accept their behavior and sabotage ourselves because we feel so powerless, or to understand the lesson in power and learn from it so we can be free of it. But without understanding the lesson, our showdown becomes a standoff and then we are standing still. 
Eventually, we will learn that we cannot force anyone into giving us what we want because if they aren't already giving it to us, they don't have it to give to us in this moment. Everyone gives from what they have, and they usually give all they have to give. There's no hidden reservoir they can draw from. What they're giving you is the limit to what they have for you. And remember, that's the for you part that's important. And sometimes, quite often, this is a karmic cycle you have with them. And within the specific energy vibrations of your relationship, they will treat you differently than others. They may not be nice to you, but be sugary sweet to everyone else. How many of you notice within your families, with your mother, father, or siblings, that your mother or father or both had different kinds of relationships with each child based on that child's energetic vibration and how well they related to them and how they resonated with their energy or not? You may have been the one that was different and that your mother or father or both could not resonate with your energy. So they treated you differently. It's all about the energy and the karmic interactions and the karmic cycles we have with the people in our lives. There's one more aspect to this which causes us significant distress, and it's the commingling of judgments, reasons, and motivations into a single issue when there are usually two or three issues involved. The first issue is someone's behavior. The second issue is our interpretation of their behavior based on our opinions and judgments. And the third issue is our anger and disappointment based on our expectations. If we are to resolve our issues regarding these showdown and standoff situations in a way that allows us to have completion and closure and to avoid feeling victimized and powerless, we need to consider each of these three issues separately and deal with them individually. And this is something I have addressed with many of my clients where I see them consolidating what is like two or three issues into one big issue and try, trying to deal with it as one issue when they really need to deal with them as separate issues. Regarding the first issue, we have to acknowledge that we have no control over what someone else thinks, does, or says. None. We have to accept their behavior and their conscious and intentional choice and then decide whether we want that kind of behavior in our reality. The second issue is how we interpret and judge their behavior. Now, be honest here. Have you ever said, well, I would never act that way or do that in that kind of situation? That's my point. We judge others' behaviors based on what we would do in that situation when we need to realize that the person is acting in their own self-interest and they don't know or care what we would do. They're not trying to emulate our behavior. They are doing what is right and best for them. The third issue is our expectations, which lead to anger and disappointment. As with the example of my client, she thought if she showed her mother how much she loved her and wanted a relationship with her, being as nice and accommodating as possible, her mother would respond in kind. With my neighbor, who thought it was okay for me to be her unpaid chauffeur to work every day, my expectation that she would realize she was taking advantage of me and imposing on me and my family wasn't happening. While I would have realized that from my neighbor's perspective, riding to work and back with me solved the problem of having to share her car with her children and not pay for public transportation. She got a ride and that made her car available for her children. 
she wasn't going to stop because it wasn't in her best interest to stop. And the situation would have continued if I hadn't put a stop to it. You can feel victimized or mistreated, or you can ask what you need to learn from these people and these situations and their actions so you can engage in more fulfilling, self-affirming relationships. Whose behavior is not okay with you? And are you going to choose between a showdown or a standoff or learn acceptance so you can walk away? And remember, acceptance is not tolerating bad behavior. It's understanding that someone's actions are their choice and their intentional choice. And your choice is whether you're going to allow that in your life or not. How does that serve you? These are your choices in these difficult situations. And they're such a powerful learning tool for you. And as you look at that person, remember, they're giving you all they have to give to you and then choose what you will do to give yourself the gifts of love, fulfillment, joy, peace, and abundance. Because if you aren't enjoying the dance, it's time to change the music to something you do enjoy and can dance to with grace, ease, and joy. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together.